This generation has been causing us to tear out our hair. But I am a millennial. Every fucking time one of them does the slightest little thing, they fucking celebrate as if they fucking accomplished something huge. I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millennial. So I want everything to evolve around me. Self-interested. Unfocused. Lazy. Millennial. The most educated generation we've ever had. Millennials put a lot of value in development. We want free food and beanbags. There's this really old man living in my building. How old? Like senile old. I don't know. I didn't ask him, but he's definitely over 75. Okay. I think so, yeah. Uh, anyways, I'm walking home today, and I see him walking in front of me. Even if he's really slow, he's still quick, like, he's quick to the door. He's just bought a six-pack of beers. He puts Good. it down very slowly, looks for his key, so he's really slow. But we have, a, like, on the, the entrance in the building, we have a glass door, so he can see me in the reflection that I'm mm. waiting on him because I thought that's a bit weird if I like go in front of him and then look for my keys and I was in two shopping bags so so I wait for him and he sees my reflection he turns slowly around he's like do you live here and the funny thing is that he has asked me that before no way yeah and really like and not like nicely you know not like oh do you live here or sorry I didn't see you uh you live here as well no 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 it's like do you live here Ah, he's or are you like, coming to rob me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. I'm like, uh, yes, I do. In fact, I live here. And he's like, so where is your key? <laughs> <laughs> and then I get so angry. I was like, you old man, my key is in my bag, and I thought you will open the door for me. <laughs> did you go? Did you go full full cray on him? <laughs> no, this is what I said, but it wasn't that angry. Oh, but yeah, I was right. a bit like. I was standing there with two bags. Where mm. is my key? I don't know. No, I'm coming to fucking rob everyone with these two groceries. Grocery <laughs> <laughs> bags in my hand. Yeah, it's exactly guns. how I do it. Yeah. I, my look as well. I mean, not that we have to stereotype people, but do I really look that harmful? No, yeah, you look harmful. That's true, maybe, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Hello and welcome to Hello. yet another episode of Millennials at Work. This podcast coming to you weekly um, about, I wouldn't say all things millennials. That sounds so bad. Uh, it's like all things millennials, but it is a bit like that. But uh, we try to stick to work. So, so if you haven't tuned in before, uh, this is a podcast about how to be and handle millennials at work. Uh, it's about what we want from a workplace, how to be our boss and Everything around being a young professional, like we are. We're two people. We're two millennials at work. It's me, Edita, and you, Rasmus. True. Here we are, tuning in with yet another episode. And I think we should just str get straight into the check-in, shall we? Let's go straight to the check-in. Yeah? I just have to come up with one first. Okay, no, that's fine. Okay, what would your parents say about you? Uh. Is that too tough? <laughs> Okay, I can also do another one. No, it's fine, but okay. it's like... I think my parents would say very... Uh, it would sound very different, uh, what my mom and what my dad would say. Mm. Because my dad would make a big joke out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. And be very, like, sarcastic <laughs> and very, like, uh, just... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we have three kids. 
uh, one is the pretty one, one is the funny one, and one is the smart one. Well, Eddie is the smart one, something like that. <laughs> That's how I got to introduce the people when I, when I grew up. Uh, and um, my mom would say something like, well, she has actually gone up to my bosses and said that I'm the best employer they could have. And then, <laughs> employee, sorry, that they could have. And like, you know, that I they should appreciate me and stuff like that. So she's a bit over the top about like... Good. I mean, thanks, mom. I'm, she got your back? No, no, she's got my back. I was a kid who did as needed. If my parents needed any help or anything, I did that. You know, I was a very easy kid to have. And I think they still think that I am exactly like that. You know, the Isn't that also a bit true? It's a bit true, but you know, there's also a part of me which is not like that. And I am a bit lazy and, and I have my flaws and all that stuff. But my parents don't really, yeah, they, they see the good part. And that's nice, I guess. It's Parents should do that, probably. What would your parents say about you? I think that they would probably say that uh, I need to slow down a bit. Mm-hmm. Take slow it, living. Slow living. Um And uh, that I'm a... Um, Golden nugget. Yeah, I think that they're quite proud of me. Uh, they are. Not in the sense that they are like overly proud of me, <laughs> but like you've done good and um, just continue to do what you do and then uh, you'll be all right. Yeah. Um Have you heard them Very talk about you like in front of other people in like, yeah. I don't know, some kind of family gatherings or stuff? Yeah, I guess so, but I can remember... Do you think they could explain what you're doing for work? Not with my new role. They definitely cannot. <laughs> but like... I can't either. So, <laughs> uh, But with the last one, maybe. Maybe I should ask them. Maybe you should. Mm. Maybe we should both ask our parents and, and come back with this. Like, uh... I'm actually texting with my mom right now. Ask her. I'll ask her and then yeah, we'll add it in there. Ask. Okay, good. Today we're talking about something that again is very, very close to our dear hearts. It's something called workshops. And I guess we will talk about why workshops are so uh, dear to our hearts. They are trendy. They're almost like um, a new buzzword, you know, startup. No, startup isn't the buzzword. <laughs> but, uh, agile, workshops. Mm, disruption. Disruption. Innovation. Yes. And companies do workshops to innovate to disrupt to brainstorm all those things then they take workshops they make it into a service or an offer and then they sell it to their clients and workshops can be awesome they are it's a great tool they can be great they can work and they can be action driven and all that stuff but the there's another side of them and they can also be as i like to say the waste of Post-its. Um, if you would, um, if you would Google workshop as an image, then it will definitely be post-its. Uh, post-its. That's mm. that. That's the the I've done global that a few symbol. Times. <laughs> the global symbol of workshop being a post-it. Uh, it can really become this waste of paper and waste of everyone's time. Uh, just another meeting and some kind of a race of who has the loudest mouth at the end of the day. Um, so I guess we will talk a bit about the both sides of it. Mm. Uh, when to do it, when not, and what is so great about it, right? I'm pretty excited. Workshops work. Workshops work. Workshops work. Sometimes. If they work. If yeah. they work. <laughs> you do a lot of workshops in your daily work. True. I have done them previously and will do a massive amount of them in my next job as well. But I guess we both uh, fell in love with the 
format of it mm. at Hyper Island, which mm. is the school where we went. Right? Is that true? At least for for me, I cannot speak for you, but mm. uh, for me, um, I think. And the reason why I really enjoy workshops is mostly the energy that it creates. Um, this feeling of we're in it together. We have uh, an alignment. We are like on the same page. We're trying to solve the same things when it works. Mm. When it doesn't, either because when I've done it, I haven't aligned everyone on what the hell we're doing. Mm. We're trying to solve different things. We're speaking past each other. Mm. Uh, when that happens, then they suck because uh, it's all about um, disagreement. Of course, then you can say that uh, it's good that you had a workshop so you figured out that you're not on the same page. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I really enjoy workshops. Uh, and the next level of that is, of course, a series of workshops, which mm. is the, the sprint. And talking about something that's also... In um, hallways that I walk, sprint is becoming like a universal. It's almost sprint instead of a workshop. Um, You're talking about design sprints or agile sprints now? That's the thing. Sprints, okay. sprints, as, in, in... sprints as in workshops. Uh, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's just like we sell a sprint, but it's not. It's a workshop. I see. I see. Um, okay. Yeah. And I think that. Yeah, I guess it's a different way of calling it also to kind of get away from the just the name workshop. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. because mm. everyone has been selling workshops for 10, 15, mm. 20 years, yeah. but now we sell sprints. Sure, And sure, that's the sure, new sure. thing. Of course, of course. Whatever we sell, sprints or workshops, do you want to share a bit of a failure episode from a workshop of yours? Yeah. Something that didn't <clears throat> Actually, I had well? one uh, last week that uh, <laughs> didn't go very well. I co uh, facilitated with a colleague. I don't know how much I can talk about this, but a I co rough outline. Yeah, I co-facilitated with with a colleague, and we were a bit unclear exactly why we were doing it, what we were hoping to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, we got the assignment from someone else. We mm -hmm. called it a sprint, but in reality, it should never have been a sprint. And for me, a sprint is when you have a problem and then you come up with some kind of prototype and you test things yeah. for me that's if you go through that process for me it's a sprint mm -hmm. that can be done in a day or that could be done in a week but it wasn't like that it, it wasn't like that yeah. and it should have never been in that kind of format either mm -hmm. i just remember that we came in and i didn't really i don't normally co-facilitate my workshops i normally do it myself and I had a hard time with figuring out, so who's doing what and why and what is your energy and what's my energy and mm. what should my role be in this? And I just came completely off. Have you ever co-facilitated with that person before? Uh, no. That's tricky. Yeah. And it was like, uh, but we're both, uh, I would say, pretty good facilitators, yeah. but just getting that kind of like who's doing what mm. and like where are you on the energy level and where am I and where are they and these kind of things mm. uh, and it went it went really bad uh, okay. also because I think I came in with the wrong energy from start and we actually reflected a bit about it later me and my colleague and uh, how important that is uh, because if I run a workshop and I come in with a low energy or not mm. really excited about it then the participants will not be excited. That's, no. a, that's a given. Mm. So I actually did a, a, a workshop two days later where I decided, okay, now I'm going to give like <laughs> all of my fucking energy to this group. <laughs> and it went super, super well. So you came in with like music playing and we're like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, like uh, just gave them all of my attention and all of my 
love and excitement. Uh, I think what I'm trying to get at is why are you doing the workshop? What are you hoping to get out of it? If that is not very clear and also aligned with the client and the mm. people in the room, the participants, then it's doomed to fail. I mean, if at the beginning, if it's not clear to you yourself as a yeah. facilitator, then it's like, I don't think it can become clear to the rest, right? So it's such a... And I mean, we've been talking about facilitation and then we, yeah, actually a few episodes ago, we talked about process and a lot about facilitation. So I guess there's the whole thing about the power of facilitation and then all of that stuff. But yeah, knowing why you're doing this is, that is a lesson I've learned a lot of times. Yeah. Thinking about specific exercises, what you're doing in the workshop, but also with the workshop itself being like, okay, so and so mm. you know especially i think in the beginning when starting to run workshops and then you just i don't know you you learn about these things what you can do and you just want to try them mm. and you don't really want to think about does this really fit the format uh, do you get what you need out of it what is it what you need so many of those failures one that i wanted to mention was um, i think it was Maybe not the first workshop, but definitely one of the first uh, bigger ones uh, was uh, at uh, at Hyper Island, uh, also co-facilitating with a, with a classmate of ours. We were planning it like crazy and we were under so much pressure and like we both wanted to like present it as well as possible. And for him, it was easier to learn his like lines you can't really say lines but whatever, whatever he will say by heart so i kind of had to do the same so it ended up being it's it was a good workshop but like for me i would never ever ever do it like that again when i learn by heart what i will say and with that try to make it more into a plane more into performance than actually being like yourself at that very moment we were dead because it was like three workshops one after another with the same format and with like the same things going again and again but also being like that high energy and like that kind of theatrical thing. It was a good uh, lesson learned. Uh, but I guess at that point, when you're also unexperienced and you don't really know how, how it will work, you, you know, 20 people are coming in in five minutes and you're like, thank God I have my lines, you know. But uh, I think if I would, but, but even doing that at the time, I remember thinking of like, I wonder what those people think that we're crazy, I guess, because like, why would you want to listen to someone who you can tell that they're like almost like high out <laughs> of their minds, you know, that kind of energy? I mm. guess it's again what you're saying about energy. I think it just takes for every facilitator some time to get over it. And I'm not saying that I am like now amazing. No, definitely not. <laughs> now it's the other way around. Uh, maybe more of the coming in with a bit of a like lower energy. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, when you start working and. Uh do more workshops, mm. how it's going to be. Scary. But it was scary also in the, actually in my previous job, my first ever like task was to lead in the first workshop internally with the people, like with the, with the whole um, company, which was like, I don't know, nine, 10 people then. Uh, so not that big of a deal maybe but for me I was stressed out like crazy I think I had three hours and the problem there was that 
Yeah, sure. We had the workshop. We had like the we had the brainstorm. But if I would have not only feel before that I wouldn't just prove them that I can do this and not really consult with the manager and talk about okay, what can we actually do with these three hours? Like, mm-hmm. tell me what can what, what do you want to solve or what do we want to talk about or brainstorm? It was more me thinking about what might the problem be. At the end of the day. Uh, what happened was that, yeah, sure, we had it. There was a lot of like ideas, but we failed or I failed on like asking to create these like action items and actually like next steps and, and like following those and having actual individual responsibilities to follow those. And it's like, then it's just like, yeah, sure. We had three hours together. It was fine. And, but it doesn't really lead anywhere. Mm. But I think that li- is, is linked back to the, the most important thing. Why are you doing it and what are you hoping to Mm. get out of it? I think one interesting thing that I want to talk to you about is uh, doing internal workshops, using workshops as a tool of uh, working um, Mm. in your company. I mean, we do a ton of workshops for our clients to help them uh, together with us come Mm -hmm. up with ideas or align on uh, whatever insights, take some decisions. But using it as a tool uh, in our own way of working, um, it's not something that I've seen that we do that much. And I think it's such an underestimated um, tool. Uh, And one of the reasons why I think we don't do it is because, uh, and this is an assumption, I don't know if this is true, uh, but we... We think that we got it covered, that we know yeah. how to do this. We don't need old. we don't need a workshop. Yeah. yeah, I think that there's a lot to be gained by having internal workshops. Whether whether that is like, okay, let's do a fun little one hour ideation session on how mm. we can make this space even more feeling mm. at home, or how can we uh, make people feel more engaged and involved. Let's yeah. do a workshop about that, or like just in a project. Uh, okay, what are the different ways that we can excite and engage mm-hmm. the client? Let's do a brainstorming on that. Mm-hmm. I th- but I think it's the problem with most of the companies, you know, like especially and also like the the ones that actually do worships, as you say, like you do worships every day with like your clients and you get money for it and that's your thing, you know. Uh, and then thinking that, yeah, yeah, but we have it covered and mm-hmm. that like why all of a sudden then when you are on your own like grounds and only your own people, you're like, no. We, 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 this yeah. is, no, we don't want to do workshops. It kind of like goes against the whole idea, yeah. but you know, because if you know that that's the best way of talking about stuff, then why not, right? But it's the same with the, um, uh, how I've been dealing with that, uh, because I was in the in in the same position of like trying to get. Uh, more worships internally and it's a it's a challenge because first of all it's time uh, a lot of people have to be at the same place and that may be a lot of people but like some people have to take some time off from their daily activities whatever and be at the workshop and uh, if there's no real outcome of it then it's even worse and you know all of that stuff uh what i did was um started small (laughs) but uh, it is more looking at the I guess what I did, I was, I looked at the meeting culture and like did at least the meetings with the teams I had a bit differently, taking a lot of things from workshops and from that kind of format. So for example, if we uh, had a planning meeting with two guys who I worked with, then instead of just sitting down and me going point by point 
through some kind of plan, there's definitely better ways of doing that. So, for example, what we did was um, we used, uh, which one was it? Uh, yeah, we used Method Kit, so the, um, like a card deck, uh, which helps you brainstorm and like talk about, like kind of cover the full spectrum of, uh, of a problem or a project or something like that, which was received super well. Because just by the way of changing the way how you do the meeting, it sets you in a different, your mind works differently. You all of a sudden open up, you feel like you have space, if it's set up correctly, of course. And, and um, yeah, it, it's, it's a nice change in your working life at the end of the day, right? That's why we do workshops. It's also about being in a bit of a different environment while still at work. And why not meetings and why not like even like two people can do a workshop, you know? It's not like we need to get the whole... Uh, organization in to, exactly. to, to move things forward so that's maybe the biggest misconception about workshops that it has to be this like now I need a three meter wall which I'll cover with post-its and this will take about five hours you mm. know <laughs> it doesn't really need to be like that no it mm. could be very small things mm. but I think it is uh, like um, it's hard to to get people to do it I think uh, in your position as a project manager project leader it's Maybe easier because you plan the yeah. the work that you're gonna do, uh, but I can also see that that you know if you want to if 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 someone has to plan a workshop uh, next to also getting their job done, mm. that's extra work. No, uh, but yeah. for instance, if you could get a facilitator or someone to help you with uh, like planning it and maybe also executing it, that's one way to mm. handle that. Uh, but it is really about we here at at my office talk a lot about we have one one of my great bosses uh, one of the partners he always talks about eating our own dog food like we sell <laughs> this new way of working and uh, we believe in working in sprints we believe in working collaboratively mm. we believe in uh, you know uh, fail fast and all these kind of things and we sell that to our clients and we say to that to our clients. But that, I mean, then we also have to fucking do it ourselves. Yeah, that's true. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes you need those high-level people to push for those things. Mm-hmm. And I think f- for me, he's been like always super positive when I try to push things f- in in that direction. You know, try different ways of doing different kind of workshops um, because he's like, yeah. And if he doesn't listen, then I'll just like you always say. <laughs> Eat your own dog food. Uh, we're the kind of people who also enjoy leading workshops and like enjoy that facilitator role. I think there's a lot of companies out there who maybe would want to try something like that, but they just don't see who from the company. Mm-hmm. Either it's a power play that you don't want to give someone that uh, facilitator role, although it's bullshit. But I mean, I guess if you're a beginner in that, in the whole idea of workshops, it can be pretty tricky to give someone that um, that uh, that role um, or there's just no one who can do it without learning about it before and I think uh, inviting a external uh, facilitator in those cases is a super good thing mm. one thing is that people learn from him or her uh, and very fast <laughs> because someone gives an example of how to do it and second of all, it just gets things rolling. And probably with that kind of experienced uh, external facilitator, you also like 
that person would know how to get to the point like you know like that's already like that's a, like master class right in a in a workshop already so i would say yeah if there's like a if a company hasn't done any workshops before but feels like they really want to try one thing is of course like there can be one individual who's really into it and like that's the best case scenario right mm. on the other hand why not just get in like someone for a specific problem for like one or two days and uh, and then go from there I've received a text from my mom. Oi. I read it here. Yes. Uh, this, this is, is gonna, it a long text? The, this is going to sound so uh, so lame when I read it out myself, but I'm going to do it. Uh, she writes, you're just going to get some um, words. Uh-huh. Empathetic, confident, uh, spacious, for like people, I guess. Spacious. Uh, ambitious. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes very forgetful and like, you know, a bit, uh, a bit odd, a bit uh, uh, social. Walks into people with, what are they called? Clocks on. What does she mean by that? She means, I'm pretty sure it means when I meet people, uh, I leave a mark. Ah. I think that's it. Okay. Uh, and then she wrote, and a beautiful human being. Aww. Very nice. Should I, re- nice. should I reply with a heart? Yeah, definitely heart. Or even a few hearts, maybe. Three hearts. Wow, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was triple heart. Good. Now <laughs> my com- Yeah, now my confidence is through the roof. Nice. So I should do that, do that more. Just write to my mom. Hey, mom, why is it that I'm so awesome? I just- Before a presentation, that is actually such a good thing. Yeah. You know, people listen to music and all that stuff, but like, just text your mom. Yeah, text your mom and get some nice words. Yeah. Mega tip. Mega tip. <laughs> um, I think we already touched a bit upon this. Um, if you don't know why you're doing a workshop, then you shouldn't do it. If you don't know what you're hoping to get out of it or how it fits in your plan, then don't mm. do a workshop. Mm. I would also say, if you can't put the important people, the people that you need to have in the workshop, if they're not there, mm. then don't do it. No. Yeah, because it's a lot to do with the more logistical parts as well right if there's not enough time if you know that you won't get to the to the point within that i don't know a lot of the hour that's the only time you get then it's maybe not worth it you know then it's maybe worth argue more for more time or do it in i don't know parts maybe but that's a bit weird but anyways i think what you say about people is really important the right people in the right room so to say or the right people in the room um the right amount of time but also like the buy-in from the stakeholders and that like the 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 people above you understand the importance of it because if there will be any change most likely it will go through them meaning also of course start small grow big so you can still do it within your team maybe just within your like project so as long as you can get some kind of like a buy-in there and try to like experiment with that, it's still great. But how would you define a workshop? By the way, we haven't even done that. Ooh. Hmm, a group activity <laughs> based in um, let's call it design thinking, with an aim to uh, create actionable items for future work. Maybe. Okay. How would you define it? Something like. A bunch of people collaborating to get a fixed outcome. Fixed outcome. Yeah, or a specific outcome. 
I see that. I think there's a lot of possible definitions there. But one more thing that I wanted to say about the when is it not a good thing, not a good idea to do a workshop. I think is also maybe you think that it's a workshop is the need, but it might be something else. For example, a feedback session mm. or some kind of retrospective, and it doesn't need to be a workshop. You know, if there's like if there's some kind of unspoken things. You think that like by, and of course there are workshop methods of how to deal with that as well. But maybe if the team or if the company isn't that mature to talk about it like that, a feedback, like some kind of team development session is actually more more suitable for that. Of course, it's maybe sometimes hard to see when one or the other works best, but uh, it doesn't always need to be a workshop it can be a sprint <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um sometimes just a discussion is better sometimes maybe you need one-to-one you yeah know? sometimes you just have to sit down and talk about things sometimes you just need to work mm. <laughs> and not not work together yeah. work alone that's also true take a walk walk and talk hey, that's a good one there it is that is a good one actually more walk and talks yeah i agree that's uh, that's needed that's also slow living i would say <laughs> It used to be apps, now it's slow living yeah. mentioned in the podcast. I'm changing. <laughs> from yeah, from scrolling to slow living. Oh. Oh. Um let's summarize. Let's summarize. What have we learned about workshops? <laughs> do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? I can try. Good. We had a few uh, definitions for a workshop. I guess where we where we both stand in this is that uh, the reason for your workshop is the most important thing. Uh, without knowing why are you doing it, you might as well not do a workshop because uh, there there can be amazing. Uh, there should be, as you like to say, fixed outcome <laughs> or a specific outcome, some kind of goal that you reach, some kind of action items, whatnot, something what you can actually follow up after the workshop. Other, otherwise, if it's plainly for brainstorm, even those ones, if it's plainly for brainstorm and doesn't go anywhere, there's there's a high risk that people will feel not very motivated to do it, right? There's the workshops that work, and then there are, the, are those ones that uh, clearly shouldn't have happened and are just a waste of paper and everyone's time. And of course, those are the ones that people really are scared of. And, and that's why maybe in a lot of companies, these things still don't happen and people are a bit afraid of this collaborative work. But as like with many things, start small, grow big. You can always start with uh, suggesting a different way of running a meeting or, or a small workshop just with your team or just with your closest colleagues and so on. And that is something that's really easy to get buy-in from. And, and uh, if it's not about changing the whole culture with like now we will all be internal workshopping or way through our lives. <laughs> um, but just starting with that. It's uh, that can work as well. Well done. Thank you. That's workshops. Also, there's so many tools out there for workshops and like just like written down stuff step by step how you can run them. That's online. a great bridge to the checkout. Oh, is it? It What's is. Checkout? checkout with your two favorite tools, methods, tips, tricks, ideas for running a successful workshop. Okay. Should I start? Yes. One of them definitely would be using some kind of a card deck or something like that is, a, I don't know, spinning wheel, whatever else, but like something that is a physical object that like, not every time, because that can get really boring very fast. 
But especially if you haven't done that before in a workshop, especially if it's a smaller group of people, um, I think those are there are some really good ones out there um, right now. And it's uh, like, why not? It's kind of like spicing up the workshop game. Uh, a tip from my side would be a good playlist. With many worships, you don't need a playlist, but then uh, I tend to have one for mine, especially if it's something to do with ideation, brainstorming, or that kind of processes. And it's really good to put some... I'm also a person who hates silences. And it's and it's actually trickier than you think to find really good music for a workshop because it kind of needs to be the right energy. It shouldn't really be a lot of like lyrics there, especially if it's, if it's a brainstorming part. You need to think about people who don't... I mean, my, me, myself, I have problems focusing if I hear a song that I really know very well mm. and then I want to like sing along or stuff. So um, I have a few... Um, I have two um, playlists. One is workshop energize which is like more energetic which is like more for the fun parts of the workshop if people need to like move around quickly and so on and there's another one which is workshop reflect i think that that one is more with reflection time ideation that kind of stuff so it's like beats and like can people subscribe to these uh oh maybe i should yeah i mm. might put that in the show notes good. i will think about it good I'll think about it. what's your tips tricks tools methods i think i'm gonna go very uh practical here if you're doing a workshop with um, a client uh, maybe a larger group then make sure that everyone have name tags mm. you know when you meet someone and you come to the point where it's too late to ask them what their name actually was the worst it's the worst in the world all the time like that. and i mean yeah. that's why i always make sure that people have name tags in the workshops that i do so people can uh, say each other's names because that also creates relationships and mm. uh, connection and i think the second mega tip that i have is that i use the hyper island race race of hand so when i do workshops with more than let's say 30 people which is that's a big workshop. that's a big workshop it's so hard for me to make sure that i get everyone's attention and by introducing the so the hyper island hand rule is when a large group of people are uh, gathered in a place if one person raises their hand then everyone else has to raise their hand and be quiet until there's completely silence And um, it's a great way because it's visual. You see that, okay, we need to be quiet now and and everyone can follow that. Mm. So what I do is that I actually introduce it in the idol art, in the rules mm -hmm. of today. And so I make them do it. I say, okay, let's try this out. And then they talk. Do and people then I, do it themselves then, like pretty quickly? Or? Then, uh, so I, of course, say, okay, when I raise my hand, you have yeah. to... Also raise your hand and be quiet. And then people do that. And exactly that moment, I have them in my hand. They know that I'm going to be the facilitator. I'm in charge of the workshop. And you have to do what I tell you to do. And uh, it's one of my favorite uh, small little tips and tricks. Interesting. There's something about raising a hand and all of that. and Maybe something from school time or something. That yeah. like It is a respect or whatever like exactly following someone like but it's symbol. also creating i think a, uh, a togetherness for yeah. everyone around it like okay so now we have our little code yeah. that we all understand yeah. um, it's very powerful yeah. that one it is quite powerful good cool 
That was it for the workshops. That was it for the workshops. If you want to know more about facilitation and process and all that stuff, then a few episodes back, we have a full episode about process. And we definitely have talked about it before as well. But And we definitely continue talking about things like this. Most likely. Uh, but uh, this is it for this week. Thank you for listening. Please write us in the DM and in Instagram. That's probably the easiest. If you have any ideas, what would you want to hear in the podcast, maybe? We listen to them and we have already had a few episodes that are truly suggestions from our dear listeners. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, we're there as mill underscore at work and give us a nice review if you have time for it. You have time for it. Everyone has time for some a really good review once in a while. It's Thank good to give positive feedback. Yeah, exactly. Karma. Karma. Speak later. Speak later. Speak soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I'm a millennial. I'm a, I'm a millennial.